What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 48 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Friday, July 16th. Um, you know, three days out from my Hawaii trip. Very fucking excited. I hope you guys are all having a great Friday. I mean, you know, most people, I assume, are out of school right now. Uh, you know, if you're taking summer classes, I respect it. Uh, but you know, Friday work week is done. Hope you all have some great plans for the weekends. Uh, maybe some, uh, you know, baseball games to catch or some, uh, new music to listen to, of course, with, uh, Pop Smoke's latest released. Uh, definitely highly suggest listening to it. Fire as always, um, with Pop Smoke, but, uh, you know, listen to yesterday's episode if you really, uh, want to hear the analyzation of what I expected and basically what happens <laughs> from that album. But a lot of new music uh, that dropped today. Plenty um, of storylines. Baseball is back today after the All-Star break. Uh, we got the NBA Finals um, on tomorrow. Uh, so definitely, definitely in for uh, quite a, uh, you know, weekend um, when it comes to, uh, you know, sports. Uh, but like I said, plenty of music. Plenty of other things going on. Um, and without further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk some Padres baseball. Of course, headed into the All-Star break. Did have a two, um, did have a uh, seven-game, two-series um, homestand before the All-Star break. And, um, you know, trying to even the series out uh, against Washington, headed into game four. Uh, the Padres, I mean... They trailed early and very bad. I mean, 8 nothing after the top of the fourth inning. All Washington in this one. Uh, unfortunately, we, uh, you know, this game saw you uh, Darvish have to uh, leave early with some bat tightness. Um, so the Padres had to rely on their bullpen early. And the first person that they, uh, you know, decided to call on was Daniel uh, Camarena. Who's Daniel Camarena, you may ask? Um, well... 11-year minor league vet, San Diego, born and raised, went to Cathedral Catholic, uh, got to play on the Yankees last year, Got finally got called up, but didn't get to actually play. So this is, you know, finally back home, uh, able to, you know, toss for, you know, the, you know, the team and, uh, you know, the organization that he grew up watching, being a part of San Diego, um, you know, was able to uh, end the top of the fourth. Um, unfortunately, gave up a uh, home run to uh, Turner, uh, his second of the game. Of course, Trey Turner, absolutely remarkable season so far. But Trey Homer had already homered twice uh, in, into the uh, top of the fourth inning. Uh, Daniel Camarena. Uh, goes to the dugout, probably thinks he's going to get pulled, uh, but Fernando Tatis able to hit a home run in the in the bottom of the fourth, uh, push the score to 8-1. to one. Uh, Will Myers uh, had a walk, Manny Machado uh, singled, um, Hosmer able to, uh, you know, get, a, get something. So bases loaded situation, and um, Daniel Camarena, up to bat. Uh, wait, what? Xander Camarena up to bat? Yes, the Padres, the bullpen has been not depleted. Uh, Jace Tingler 
decided in that moment that uh, we're going to allow this man to bat for himself as, you know, we need him to go back out there and pitch the top of the fifth inning. Um, but mind you, the situation is now 8-2. to two. Uh, There are two outs, um, and the bases are loaded. And this is a perfect opportunity to possibly put in a pinch runner, uh, you know, get something going. Who knows the next time you'll see something like this against the Nationals. You're trying to even the series out. Uh, two games apiece, uh, head into the Rocky series, uh, you know, not losing three out of four to the Washington Nationals. Uh, but Daniel Camarena does the absolute unthinkable and hits a grand slam off a uh, middle end. No, it was it was more bottom left, uh, you know, 92-mile-an-hour fastball, bottom left of the plates, smats it to right field, hits a grand slam, first relief pitcher, to hit a uh, Grand Slam since uh, 1898 as their first hit. I mean, the fact that it was one. A Grand Slam off of Matt Scherzer on a 1-2 count. That it was a Grand Slam in his, like I just said, his second Major League at bat. He was 0-for-1 going into it. It was his first ever hit. It was a Grand Slam by a reliever. A San Diego kid, like I had just said. His family in the stands going absolutely berserk. The interview with his brother had me in tears. If you have not seen the clip of Daniel Camarena hitting the home run, please, please, please look that up. Because it's a remarkable moment. I mean... You know, when does a relief pitcher hit a grand slam off Matt Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in baseball? He just started in the All-Star game, you know what I mean? Um, and the Padres, you know, trailing 8 nothing. Now it's 8-6 to six after that grand slam. Uh, so definitely recommend watching that... Uh, Definitely recommend watching that clip of the Grand Slam and also recommend watching the clip of his brother speaking on him and speaking about uh, his family and all the challenges that uh, they've gone through in the past year and just how proud he was. Uh, but the first career hit for Daniel Camarena comes off Matt Scherzer and it's a Grand Slam to push the game to 8-6. to six. Um, And, uh, you know, Trent Grisham able to double able to score, t put the game 8-7. to seven. Um, Tommy Pham able to double in the top of the sits. I mean, not the top, the bottom of the sits to push the game to 8-8. to eight. And then Trent Grisham able to walk it off in the bottom of the ninth. Padres win 9-8, to eight, able to walk out of the Washington National Series, uh, you know, 2-2, two -two, able to tie it up, able to move on to Colorado, not, um, you know, I'm able to move on to the Colorado series, not losing the national series. Uh, I mean, and on the highest of high notes, I mean, trailing eight to nothing headed into the bottom of the fourth, uh, that this, um, was tied for their largest comeback win in franchise history. The last time they came back from an eight run deficit was in 1970. Um, as they are now three and 478 when trailing by eight plus runs, which is just a 0.006% chance of winning the game. So, I mean, just remarkable stuff. Uh, like I said, Daniel Camarena, one of the most improbable grand slams of all time. Um, I mean, he just said he was trying to put the ball in play and then he ended up blacking out as he real, once he realized what he had done, once he realized he had hit it out of the park, um, 
like I said, the only pitcher in MLB history whose first career hit was a grand slam was Bill Duggleby, and that was on April 21st of 1898. So this has only happened twice ever, the first hit of Daniel Tamarena's career. I mean, man, oh, man. He is the second Padres pitcher to hit a grand slam as the first one was actually two months. What? Well, no, not two months. was actually September 4th, 1970. So... I mean, just remarkable stuff. Uh, like I said, the Padres is able to win this game 9-8. to This is also a game that saw Fernando Tatis uh, become the youngest player to ever hit 20 home runs and steal 20 bases in a season's first half. Fernando Tatis, uh, 2020 player before the All-Star break. Uh, that was, I mean, you know, in a regular setting, in a regular game, uh, without an eight nothing combat, without a grand slam hit by a relief pitcher, um, without the uh, you know pitcher that he hit the grand slam off of being Matt Scherzer, um, you know without any of those headlines, this would have been the number one headline. Of course, Fernando Tatis, 22 years old, able to become a 2020 player, 28 home runs, 20 stolen bases before the All Star break. Uh, the first shortstop in the history of baseball to ever hit 28 home runs before the break, uh, passing Alex Rodriguez, um, 27 mark in 1998 and 2002. Uh, I mean, for that storyline to be, um, you know, kind of just pushed aside because there were so many other storylines to work with just speaks and shows just how crazy this game was, um, and, I mean, man, oh, man, Padres able to get it done again. I thought the 7-1 comeback against the Dodgers was great. But this, man, this was just phenomenal. And like I said, moving into the Colorado series, Padres uh, able to get a 4-2 victory, carry some of that momentum from the night before over. Uh, of course, Blake Snell placed on the IL prior to the game, uh, Basically led to the Padres having no option but to pull up Kinnar. Uh, he was able to pitch three and two-thirds. And then Miguel Diaz was able to go two and two-thirds. Tim Hill, Austin Adams, and then Mark Melanson able uh, to get a uh, save in this one, his 27th of the year. Um, but the Padres able to take game one against Colorado, four to two. Um, you know, did not start too well as Colorado did jump out to a 2-0 lead in the top of the fourth. But the Padres started scoring uh, the bottom of the fourth. Uh, Grisham had an RBI single. Um, Grisham again in the bottom of the sits. Uh, got an RBI on a fielder's choice. Um, uh, then that led to uh, the Nets batter Will Myers uh, getting a uh, RBI double, bringing Manny home. And then Manny Machado. Uh, getting a uh, single, an RBI single was thrown out on this play, but pushed the lead to four to two in the bottom of the seventh, and the Rockies not able to do much after that. So, Padres able to, like I said, carry the momentum from the night before, get a W um, in Game One against Colorado, uh, and then go into Game Two uh, with Joe Musgrove, no, no, Joe pitching. Hopefully, you know, able to carry the momentum, but that's. It. Exactly the opposite of what happened as the Colorado Rockies shut out the Padres in game two, three to nothing. Um, you know, two two runs coming in the fifth. Um, you know, Charlie Blackman able to get an RBI single, um, which uh, brought in two runs and then uh, sacrifice fly in the, the top of the seventh. Uh, 
push the lead to 3 nothing. Padres with five hits in this one, not able to really do much. Joe Musgrove had the loss. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just one of those nights, not able to really bring home anybody, um, not able to, uh, you know, really – Expose Marquez in any way. I mean, this man went seven innings, only allowed three hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. Padres hitters just look tired, really. You know, it's two games before the All-Star break at this point. So, uh, weren't really able to get much at quality at-bats. And that is exactly what happened in game three as well. I mean, a 3-1 loss. Loss, you know, pushed the series 2-1. The Rockies favor, able to, uh, you know, get a series win over the Padres in the final game before the All-Star break. Um, just another game, man. Another game that was just really weird. Uh, you know, the Padres able to score in the in the bottom of the second. Uh, you know, Caratini granted, granted into a double play, but able to, uh, you know, score from third was Grisham. Um, but then Colorado able to score one run in the fourth, one run in the seventh, one run in the ninth. And uh, Padres, like, same thing that happened the night before. Playing down to their competition, not having uh, any quality at bats when they truly matter, getting runners on base early but not taking advantage of it. So many singles and doubles with zero or one outs, and then nothing, you know, prospered from it. Nothing came of it, and it was just getting frustrating, um, you know. But a Padres team did have five, who did have five All Stars, uh, you know, you know, went into the All Star break like I said. Getting shut out on Saturday, losing three to one on Sunday, um, and that came against baseball's worst road team in the Colorado Rockies. So, um, you know, ending the first half uh, of the season as a wild card team, and plenty of reasons why they're not the division leader, but uh, still playing down or playing up to their competition i feel like has been the uh biggest struggle for them so far this season 53 and 40 though i mean the second most wins in franchise history before the all-star break and a still a three and a half game lead on the reds uh for that second uh second wild card spot but still six games back in the nl west um two healthy starters uh, seven of the last 11 have been losses. Uh, just just not uh, the best way to go into the All-Star break. Um, but still, you have to realize, you know, two more games than the Dodgers, four more games than the Giants played. I mean, it, it uh, was uh, just a relentless first half for the Padres, having played 93 games, the most in the majors, like I said. Uh, Padres, they they may be down right now, maybe maybe behind, uh, you know, when it comes to standings. But the second half is set up well for us in terms of rest, in terms of, you know, finally being able to play some of the competition that the Giants, the Dodgers have been playing. Um, take advantage of that. Uh, take advantage of the fact that the Giants and Dodgers have to see each other a couple times in the coming weeks. Um, and then, you know, when it's our turn to play one of those two teams, we got to take advantage of that as well. So. Um, you know, ready for the second half, ready to see what has to come. But of course, first and foremost, the all-star game, Manny Machado, like I said, a last minute, uh, addition to the all-star game because of Ronald Acuna's, uh, torn ACL, unfortunately. Uh, but this was not a snub by any means. You know, I do not want to compare, or I mean, I do not want, I mean, I'm going to compare Nolan Arenado to Manny Machado, but I do not want to talk down on the player, uh, that Nolan Arenado was. I just want to use him as an example. I mean, 
Manny Machado versus Nolan Arenado. Since they're both third baseman in the National League and Nolan Arenado was the starting third baseman, you know, let's just simply compare their stats since he's the one that's starting and Manny Machado uh, was literally the last player to be added to the All-Star game when he should have been the starter or at least in addition um, on the bench. Uh, runs, Manny Machado, 53, Nolan Arenado, 42. Uh, batting average, 275 for Machado, 269 for Ornato. RBIs, 60 to 56 in Machado's favor. Um, on base percentage, 362 to a 323 in Machado's favor. Um, OPS, 854 to 831 in Machado's favor. Stolen bases, 9 to 1 Machado. Um, and the war, which uh, is wins above replacements, basically, uh, you know, a player's total contributions to his team. Um, 3.4 for Manny, 2.8 for Nolan Arnauto, um, and Manny, 15th in war, top 25 player, 24 of the 25 uh, war leaders made it to the all-star team, and Manny Machado was the one that got snubbed initially, and he's 15th, so... I mean, if that does not, if all of those stats doesn't prove why Manny Machado should have been there in the first place, I don't know what else does. But this selection, like I said, did give the Padres five All-Stars for the first time since 1998. And the last time they sent three infielders to an All-Star game was 1992. So definitely a lot to be proud of still headed into the second half, headed into the All-Star break. Um, and I mean... The All-Star game, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis able to bat first for the National League, able to lead off, bat against Otani um, as the lineups were announced. Um, like I said, Shohei, starting pitcher, starting lead. I mean, first off, he did compete in the Home Run Derby as the number one seed, and then the day after, starting pitcher, leading, uh, uh, what's it called, leading off as well for the AL um, but before we get into the game, let's talk about the home run derby. Of course, eight players, Shohei versus Juan Soto, Salvador, uh, Salvador Perez versus Pete Alonso, Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story, and then Matt Olson versus Trey uh, Mancini. These were all the first, uh, you know, four matchups, the first rounds. Uh, Trey Mancini and uh, Matt Olson started this off. The three... Versus six seeds, Matt Olson coming in as a three seed, Trey Mancini coming in, excuse me, as a six seed, um, and this was a really, this was one of the best ones of the first round. Uh, very close, but Trey Mancini of the uh, Baltimore Orioles able to beat out the uh, Oakland A's, Matt Olson, uh, twenty-four to twenty-three. Um, you know this, uh, what's it called, Trey Mancini, uh, his twenty-four home runs. Um, in his first home run, in, in his in the first round of these home run derby, uh, were tied for the four, fourth most ever in the first round of a home run derby by an Orioles player. Uh, by an Orioles player, so uh, great company. Uh, Trey Mancini able to advance. Next up, um, hometown Trevor Story in Colorado. Um, you know, going against the uh, slugger, the future Padre, Joey Gallo. Um, and if it wasn't for Joey Gallo's pitcher, in my opinion, he would have advanced. But that's just baseball. And Trevor Story, 20-19, to 19, able to advance uh, past the first round, able to knock out Joey, Joey Gallo. Um, the second home run of Trevor Story's 20 home runs. Traveled 518 feet, and that was the longest home run in the Derby since 2016, and that's when StatCast initially uh, began. So 
balls just being crushed, and it's only the second, you know, the second round. I mean, it's still the first round, but only the second matchup. Uh, matchup three saw, uh, you know, former, uh, you know, defending champion Pete Alonso face Salvador Perez, and uh, Pete Alonso cruised to a first-round victory, 35, most in the first round uh, today, and also, you know, the first in the the most in the first round um, ever, as he did uh, set the new record, which was previously held by Vladdy Jr. Um, at 29. It's also the third highest total for any uh, round of the Derby. This is also uh, behind uh, Vladdy uh, Jr.'s 40 and Jot Peterson's 39 during the 2019 semifinals. So uh, third most of all time. First, uh, I mean, the highest ever in the first round, though. So like I said, the uh, you know reigning champion, Pete Alonso, off to a great start in the Home Run Derby. And then the matchup everybody wanted to see, mostly for Shohei, of course, but Juan Soto versus Shohei. This was a matchup that saw the first um, initial. If you guys don't know how the uh, home run derby works, there is three minutes straight of just hitting balls, um, trying to crush them as far as you can. You get one timeout, it looked like this year. Um, but, you know, players have three minutes straight of just hitting as many home runs as they possibly can. After that initial three minutes, if you hit. I believe it was like above a four. I think if you hit a 475 foot home run, you got like 30 minutes of extra time. Um, but the extra time was kind of confusing as basically everybody got a minute of extra time in the first and second rounds. I mean, everybody was getting extra time all night. So it was kind of weird uh, that addition to it. But uh, this, um, this saw, uh, what's it called? The first round between Shohei and uh, Juan Soto tie, and then this is where they had an extra minute on top of their extra time to hit home runs, and this is where another tie happens where they each had 28. So then they went to a pitch off where, or in a swing off where each of them had three swings total. They could take as many pitches as needed, but. Those three swings had to, you know, whatever happened with them happened. Juan Soto went up first. Three for three. Three home runs. And then Shohei comes up to bat and is unable to hit a home run in his first swing. So Juan Soto able to defeat Shohei Otani, the number one overall seed. In every, I mean, seeds five, six, seven, and eight all advance. The top four seeds all were eliminated in that first round. Craziness. Um, but like I said, Juan Soto able to become the second player, um, to surpass the mark for the longest home run in the home run derby, uh, history since that cast in 2016, as he beat, like I just mentioned, Trevor story hit a 515 foot home run. Juan Soto beat him in the next round with a 520 foot home run. So a lot of balls being crushed. Um, and I mean, of course, Shohei Otani, even though he was eliminated in that first round, he hit six out of his 28 home runs for 500 feet. And that's the most in a single home run derby since 2016, which when StatCast began. Um, so, uh, you know, round two, we got Trey, um, uh, Mancini 
versus Trevor Story. And then we got Pete Alonso versus Juan Soto. First up, Trey Mancini versus Trevor Story. Uh, Trey Mancini able to advance, defeat Trevor Story in his hometown of Colorado, 13-12. Uh, this is, um, you know, what pushed Trey Mancini uh, to the finals. Why is this important? I mean, made the final round of the Home Run Derby, and this is his first season back, of course, since overcoming stage three colon cancer. Uh, just a timeline of his past year. March 2020, he was diagnosed. In October, he had completed chemotherapy. In April of this year, he finally returns to the Orioles. And then, of course, this past week in July, finished. Um, he was able to advance to the final rounds. He was able to compete against Pete Alonso, who defeated Juan Soto 16-15 to in the semifinals. But unfortunately, um, this is where the run stopped as uh, Pete Alonso was able to uh, go back-to-back -back in the Home Run Derby. He was able to defeat Trey Mancini 23-22. to um, This, uh, you know, like I said, back-to-back -back for Pete Alonso. He becomes the third player to win consecutive Home Run Derbies, uh, joining Ken Griffey Jr. and, Ces and uh, Yo Jonas Cespedes in 2013-2014. Uh, uh, became the first person to surpass 100 home runs in the Home Run Derby all time. Uh, so now his uh, total Home Run Derby count is at 131. Um, but the Home Run Derby as a whole, the stats, 309 home runs, 69 of those 309 were hit for 475 feet or more. Um, 26.28 miles of home runs crushed. 520 was the longest home run, like I had mentioned before, and that was by Juan Soto. And then the hardest hit home run was uh, tied uh, for by Pete Alonso and Shohei Otani at 117 miles per hour off the bat. But a very, very good home run derby. Um, got everybody excited for the All-Star game. Um, and this All-Star game, man, like I said, Toddy got able. Toddy was able to lead. Um, was able to lead off. Shohei led off, and then was a starting pitcher. Um, but I mean, the storyline of this game. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. His historic season continue as he was able to be named the MVP in a AL victory, five to two. He crushed, like absolutely crushed, a 468 foot home run. Um, in the top of the uh, second, oh, no, 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 was that the top of the second inning? No, that was the top of the third inning with Fernando Tatis on the mic. Um, so uh, Vladi was able to push the AL lead 2 nothing in the third, and then it led to 4 nothing in the fifth um, from an RBI single uh, from uh, Bo Gertz, and then also a uh, Real Muto uh, homer uh, to dead center. Um, of course, uh, Zunino homered for uh, the NL in the top of the sixth. Um, I mean, not, no, 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 no. Uh, Real Muto homered for the NL. Zunino homered for the AL, and that would push the lead to 5-1. to one. And then Manny Machado uh, was able to score uh, after his double um because of a past, uh, because of a pass ball by Zunino, uh, wild pitch uh, for you know those that don't know what that means, and then there was no scoring the rest of the game after that. So AL able to win this game five to two. Um, like I said, Vlad uh, Vladimir uh, Guerrero Jr. 
His historic season continues. A home run in this game. Wins the wins the uh, All Star Game MVP. Becomes the youngest player to ever win the All Star uh, Game MVP. And if uh, base if you don't think baseball is an international sport, I mean the pitcher who got the win in the All Star Game, born in Japan. The pitcher who got the save, born in Australia. Australia, Australia. The player who was named the MVP was born in Canada and grew up in the DR. So, I mean, it's definitely a global game. I felt like this entire weekend for All Stars, for the All Star game, was great. I mean, it wasn't even a weekend, it was literally the week, uh, All Star week. Um, but definitely um, really awesome to see all the Padres guys get their, uh, you know, get their, uh, you know, just their props, honestly. You know, it's been a year and a half since the All-Star game, um, the last one. And, of course, uh, the Padres absolutely tore the lead up last year. Um, could have sent, you know, up to five players, I believe, last year as well. But, um, you know, this year finally able to truly, um, you know, remind everybody where who the fuck we are and where we are standing. I know we're six games back from the Giants right now, but still able to, you know, Secure that wild card spot for the time being. Uh, you know, play good ball the way they have been all year. Um, and able to truly uh, represent San Diego and the Padres uh, in the utmost, you know, to the utmost satisfaction, really. You know, as a avid Padres fan, avid Padres watcher, this team just gives, you know, me along with so many other Padres fans around the world so much serotonin. Uh, so much joy to watch uh, day in and day out, especially all these all-stars. And on top of that, the rest of the players in the clubhouse. I'm so happy for Jade Cronenworth getting his first all-star selection. So happy for Fernando Tatis to continue to see um, what he's doing to the game of baseball. I mean, the home run derby chain, for God's sakes. That was literally the Padres swag chain. You know what I mean? The impacts that Padres, the Padres are having on baseball cannot be going unnoticed. And the Padres have built the best double play tandem in baseball um, for a second base and shortstop. And then you can also argue that they have the best infield in baseball. You know, it's I know Eric Hosmer, you know, is just absolutely sucking this year. And there will be a replacement for Hosmer soon as Austin Nola um you know his rehab assignment has been at first base so it's looking like we'll give Hosmer some more favorable matchups let Austin Nola play at first um allow Caratini and uh Rivas uh to continue the catching so hopefully that infield can become a lot more stronger and we can win some of those close games that we've been losing and you know kind of put those runners that have been in scoring position or left on base you know allow them to come home but like I said the Padres have arguably the best infield in baseball. You cannot deny it at this point. Three of the four going to the All-Star game. Jade Cronenworth being a throwaway in the Tommy Pham trade. Now an All-Star at second base. Tatis, the face of baseball. Manny Machado been doing it for so long. Five-time All-Star now. I mean, it cannot be overlooked how the Padres have, you know, just continued to fight, continued to, you know, push forward and, you know, really show why they are one of the best teams in baseball. And this second half, this second half, man, it's going to be so much goddamn fun. And it starts tomorrow. I mean, I'm not tomorrow. It starts tonight, literally against the Nationals, you know, perfect team, 
perfect environment in Washington to, you know, get that momentum going. You know, a team that you split the series at home. Now you got a three-game series in Washington, uh, 4.05 p.m., uh, what's it called, first pitch um, in Washington. Uh, you know, a team that, like I just said, you were able to split the series, able to combat that last game. You know, all-star festivities were great. All-star recognition from our guys, uh, just from other managers. I know Dave Roberts was um, the manager, and it's always fucked the Dodgers, but it's it's always, you know, still a respect at the end of the day. And, you know, all of the respect that was shown to, you know, Toddy and M Manny are going to get their respect because they bring that. But somebody like Jake who has continued to prove himself but is finally getting that recognition from other managers like Bud Black, like Dave Roberts, like, you know, these, uh, you know, other players even around the league, you know, seeing these guys at the Home Run Derby, chatting it up, laughing with everybody around the league, knowing that they're the best players in baseball. It, it's just awesome to see, and it's, it's just well-deserved, you know, and, you know, I, I'm just really excited for this second half of the season. I cannot stress that enough. And it starts tonight against the Nationals. We had a three-game weekend series. Then we'll go to Atlanta uh, for a, another three-game series. Uh, Charlie Friedman will able to be reunited with Fernando Tatis in this one. Uh, if you did not see that, um, Freddie Freeman's son, Charlie uh, actually told Freddie at the beginning of this year when he was batting 220 that he needed to step it up so he could go to the All-Star game and meet Fernando Tatis Jr. And that's exactly what happened this weekend as there was a huge uh, viral video of them hugging in the dugout prior to the Home Run Derby. Uh, Charlie was able to sit with Fernando prior to the game, able to say hi to him on the, on the carpet um, before the All-Star game. Um, but now the Padres traveling to Atlanta playing, you know, the Padres are going to be playing some teams they haven't seen in such a long time because of the shortened COVID season last year. You know, the, I know we've seen the Nationals this year, but going to travel to uh, the Braves um, and play the Braves Monday through Wednesday. Going to travel to Miami, play the Marlins um, Thursday through Sunday in a four game road series before finally um, traveling back to San Diego after a Monday off day. And coming back to play a two-game series against the Oakland A's and then another series at home against the Rockies. So uh, definitely plenty of baseball starting today. I'm very excited to get this second half rolling. I'm very excited to see what the Friars can do, what they can put together. Um, and I hope you guys are all excited, um, if not more than me, because this team is so dynamic, so electric. And I promise you, if you take the time, if you really watch these games, you will see exactly why uh, they are as electric as they are. So I'm very uh, excited, um, you know, to get it going. I appreciate you all for tuning in. And if you are not a Padres fan, I'm sorry that I talked about the Padres so much, but they just simply are the best team in baseball. And they will prove it in this second half. So you know, it's been real as always. Uh, I appreciate you all for tuning in, listening. Go Padres. I will see you all very soon. And I hope you all have a great time. Thank you so much for tuning in.